In this episode, I took the podcast to Toronto, to the boxing loft, where I sat down with two of my childhood friends, Jack and Nolan. Jack has spent the past two years living abroad in Banff and traveling Canada. Uh, we talk about how he and his girlfriend, Jenna, survived a long-distance relationship and how they became some of the few that scored the uh, Canada 150 via rail tickets. As he settled back in Toronto, he got a job working from home, and we cover some tips and tricks that make our lives easier when working from home. In this episode, 005. First episode in the boxing loft. Yeah. Boxing loft. Boxing loft. Yeah, man. I personally so, box here, and it's really good. Uh, I know I know a guy. Oh, yeah? If you need a guy. Is he a personal trainer? Yeah. He's a little aggressive sometimes, but I think that's only because I know him. It's also because we're <laughs> yeah. boxing, yeah, which it, is, it is hard. in nature, aggressive. True. Right, what, do we, what, do we, what do we got here? So oh, those are going to be loud as fuck. Yeah, on I really am excited for just for the, the, to open it. Near the mic, cause and effect. Yeah. Do we leave it for now or do we leave for later? I feel like now is a bit. If we're gonna drink. All right. Should we just do it all on? Yeah. Ready. Three, two, one. That is a crispy sound. Crispy boy. Yeah. And take a sip really close to it too. Does that Uh, taste as good for everyone at home (laughs) as it does for us? (laughs) Mine's seven percent. So if I say some dumb shit, we can blame it on uh, officially. Unofficially sponsored by Fish. Cause and Effect. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. It's Nickelbrook. We're, Nickelbrook. we're sponsored by a specific beer, mm-hmm. not not the brewery. Mm-hmm. No, not no. No, this has to be price this. cut. All right, so we got kind of a special episode. Definitely. Um, got three people, got a host, and we got a guest. First of all, we will introduce the the guest host. Is that me? I'm the guest host? Yeah, you're in the, oh, yeah, I cool, mean, cool. Not. Yeah, <laughs> guest host. Um, Nolan Begley. That's me. You may know him from episode 001. Good episode. <laughs> Check it out. Me and Chris Jack, we talk about being creative and being stuck. Um, and on my other side, we have Jack McKay. Hey, what's going on, bud? Boys, <laughs> what's up? You are I'm not freshly Torontonian right now, but uh, what's, yeah. what's your little bit of backstory? Who are you? What are your hobbies? Jeez, I got lots of hobbies. Um, so I grew up with these guys, obviously, um, in Pickering. Uh, we've known each other since we were very young. Um, I graduated high school and went to Humber College for comedy writing and performance, uh, which was really cool, uh, to your program at Humber College that they offer. And after that, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. It was kind of a hard spot to be in you know what I mean it's you don't really come out of a comedy program with a job (laughs) fun fact so um I was working at just like a local bike shop needed a switch up so I decided um to move to Banff Alberta which was kind of like yeah (laughs) that's a massive switch up. it was a huge switch up um I um was looking for a new job and just decided to like open the scope on the indeed like the the website to like just the all, pull yeah. the radius, yeah, like pull like like <laughs> almost Canada. like Tinder, like where you like widen the search, but um, like so I I just expanded to all of Canada and just was like gonna just see what was out there, and I saw a really amazing offer in Banff, so I applied for the job. Uh, it was for um, like a ski and snowboarding company out there, and I decided I'm just gonna apply for it and just see what happens. And then they got back to me really quick, so I moved out there for a bit. Uh, I was there for two years. Um, and now I've moved back to Toronto. Yeah, so it's pretty good. I'm a pretty fresh Torontonian. It's a big change from... In, in the grand scheme of things, yeah. yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. that's not even half of you. When you left Banff, you... Or sorry, when you left Toronto, you started there. And then from there, you did a, a whole lot of Canada traveling. Yeah. But we can get, we can get uh, into that later in the cool. show. Yeah, for sure. I have some intro questions okay. that... Even you can you can chime in too, um, but they're pretty much they're they're pretty similar to each episode, but we'll start off mm-hmm. with a good one, uh, guilty pleasure, and there's no rules, it can just be something that you don't want other people 
to know or that you're not super comfortable telling yeah. people that you lis- like to listen to Justin Bieber. Yeah. Um, Yo, I'm Justin Bieber's uh, yeah, wicked. I fucked with JB. I fucked <laughs> with JB, but like that's definitely I'm not I'm not feeling shame about that for sure. Um, I mean, I prop I think my friend's obsession is a little out of control still. Like it's something that I like kind of was more vocal about growing up, but now I've kind of like toned it back publicly, but like it's still ever present. <laughs> it, you know what I mean? It that's hasn't gone. So it's like like I've probably I watched four episodes today. I get Sunday, so like it can, we can kind of justify, justify it a little bit. Sunday. And like I made brunch, so like you put friends on, you know what I mean? But then there's times where I'm like, I'm working. I should turn friends off right now. I don't need to see what Chandler's up to or whatever. So that's that's one that I'm 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 trying to work on, but hasn't actually hasn't quite happened yet. You know what? They're only half hour. Yeah, that's the thing. They're like bite sized. They really are. And like especially when you've seen them so many times, like they're it's like comforting. It's like a nice blanket. True. Um, if you had to take in one artist or one album, what would your desert, desert island pick be? Both of you can yeah. you can chime in on that. Um, I can. That's something that I feel like needs like a lot of time. But like right now, I'm like really fucking with the doors. Like really, really bumping the doors. Like almost every single day and. It's it's someone that I like never really listened to, so I think that that's why I would, you know what I mean. If you were to bring someone on a de- like a one music onto a desert island, mm-hmm. and it's something you've already listened to a million times, you're gonna get. So like I've kind of like recently rediscovered the door, mm-hmm. so I feel like they'd be a good one. Nolan, mine. I this is kind of out of nowhere, but I've been talking about them a lot this weekend, and I think it'd be Pink Floyd, and more specifically, um, Dark Side of the Moon. Because, like, if you think about rock and roll at that time, so we're talking, like, very late 70s to, like, mid-80s, you had your classic rock and your death metal phase. And then these fucking Brits decided (laughs) to come over to the sea and say, here, here's all this experimental indie shit that you guys have not even heard yet. Mm -hmm. And if you have, this is something that's still brand new to your ear. And it Mm -hmm. took the rock and roll scene by a storm. And people still like go back and analyze this album and all the sound bites and all how it's changed rock and roll in general and created this yeah. new wave of music, which was basically yeah. indie music, yeah. like experimental it's like stuff. Like a landmark, like yeah, stepping for point. sure. There was a whole. Mo- if you've ever seen the Dark Side of the Movie, like animated movie, it's fucking mm-hmm. crazy, yeah. crazy. Um, That's something to trip out to. Yeah, so I feel like if I was literally alone yeah. on the on an island and I needed to just mm-hmm. kind of like get fixated on something i would say that album yeah cool this is like this is a new one so i don't know if it'll work out but do you guys have any like recent embarrassing moments um like for example right when we were walking in here i get out my car it wasn't embarrassing for me <laughs> but i parked going in the back to open the door to get get all the stuff out and i look and there's a woman with her pants down just peeing on the sidewalk hmm. and i'm sitting so, like okay, so that's Parkdale yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just regular Toronto, but like, I mean, if she was of right mind and actually gave a shit, that would yeah. be an embarrassing moment for her. That we've yeah. locked eyes, and I was like, "You're peeing." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like she, mm-hmm. if she was a guest on this podcast, though, that wouldn't even be her story. Like, that's, that's no, that would, that's, that's nothing for her. That's daily. So yeah. I was like, I got, I had to pee on the way yeah, home. Yeah, she's so like, I had to get groceries. And <laughs> I didn't have time to stop home. Um, but yeah, is there anything that uh, has happened maybe recently or just like? Overall, that was just like, yeah, it was not a good, it wasn't a good time. Me and, um, it's, uh, it's, it's not embarrassing, but we kind of, you know, when you go somewhere expecting something, but it, you show up and you're like, oh, oh no, this is not, we're, we're, we're in for a different night than planned. Mm-hmm. Me and Jenna went, um, to see some live music at a brewery. Um, and it was, it was really good. Um, but I knew kind of right away that it wasn't, I thought it was a little bit more like, like, um, I don't want to say popular, but a little bit more like not underground. So like basically when we showed up and we said we're here to, to see the music, they're like, oh, so which of the two artists do you know? And we're just like, uh, neither. And they're like, oh. So like the whole crowd was literally like the friends and family of like just like people's like first show. This one guy was like, oh, I've never played uh, the banjo um, in public before. So this could. So it was kind of cool to like see like. Definitely, like, a couple mm-hmm. of artists, like, first, first. Or first or second show, for sure. But 
it, it was like I've it was there was so like every, the, and the crowd was really into it because it was all their friends and family so they're like hooping and hollering but me and Jenna would definitely felt like super out of place <laughs> that's a that's a cool perspective because like if it was your friends you'd want them to be like succeed yeah. if it was the first time but you just and I feel cares? like afterwards like they went to the performers like yo there were some people here who like didn't even know you <laughs> like you had some fans straight up fans here tonight and like two out of three of the artists were really good but the third one like was kind of like it was like this experimental group and it like me and Jenna were kind of looking at ourselves like whoa what's going on here like, should we should we get the yeah, bill yeah, or? yeah yeah but I mean it was still a good time yeah that's cool mine's kind of like like performance related too I um, so once in a while I perform at this thing called theater pub and it's basically just a bunch of musical theater dorks and nerds that like to perform in front of people that and they usually have like gigs going on too from like before they get on stage they do a little introduction like oh, for example like oh like my name's Alex I'm in this production and I have auditioned for this one and I previously was in this this and that but every time that I perform I'm like hey I'm I'm Nolan and I don't really sing anymore and I don't act and uh, I have nothing going <laughs> in this field at all yeah. just thanks for having me yeah. but the last time I went my friend Paige had asked me last minute like hey do you want to perform at this uh, at the cabaret this month with me I was like yeah yeah for sure let's do it uh, I get there and I would say 90% of the crowd was women. And I was like, oh. part of me was like, oh, this is cool. But then the other side, I was like, wait, last time, I, the usually times I go, it's usually like half men, half women. Like, well, what's going on here? So the guy gets up there, introduces, says, thank, thank you for coming up for this night around. And this month we are celebrating women. This is the Femme Fatale Cabaret. And I'm oh, uh, now sitting down like, oh, oh no. I'm the only guy. I am crashing this party. Oh yeah. shit! Like I am, cool. I'm, I'm a jerk. You up for I was the like, I night. just got fucking punked. Like I am the only guy here, and now every woman here either thinks it's hilarious or they hate my guts. And so, I get on stage to do my song with them, and the first thing you I gotta say, address it. oh, I did. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, I am so sorry for crashing your party. And there's actually a video from of me singing it, and there's these three girls right in the front, and they just look at me like. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe I just see them yeah. whispering to the friends like I can't believe he's a, he's even before me here. I'm just yeah. like so it's just a video of me just sitting there be like um, sorry for uh, crashing your I'm just gonna sing now okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. did Super you did you leave after that oh yeah we did our first set I stayed for a couple songs and I can just did your tell friend th- know that it was a, a ladies only show oh no, yeah of course she did why didn't she just didn't tell me just yeah. just Paige decided to just be like yeah it's fine and yeah. it was it was I fine. Mean, Everyone was like very well receptive to it, but like True. definitely if you're the only guy in any kind of group yeah. and it's mainly girls, already feels weird. But if it's like an event celebrating yeah. feminism and women's strength and I'm just yeah. and I'm now part of this, like mm, I pissed off a lot, a lot of girls are pissed off that yeah. night. Dude. So I got out of there real quick. That yeah. is a, we're, we're hanging a by the bar solid after. one. We're hanging by the bar after. No. Yeah, like, yeah, I gotta go. Actually, mm-hmm. you guys. man, that's so nuts. What, um, like, where is that? That they do that? That's at the uh, Amsterdam Bicycle Club, attached to like the old spaghetti factory on Esplanade. Mm. Pretty cool. Check it out every uh, second Thursdays of the month. Right on. Um, you just moved across the city, Jack. Mm, yeah. And Welcome you, to West End, boy. Yeah. West End. <laughs> it's totally different. It where really Where were you? What was your area called before? So technically, like, I was. The, I was on the border between Leslieville and the beaches. So I was at like... Oh, okay. So I lived above um, an ice cream shop in the beaches, which was amazing. What was that called? It's called Brett's Ice Cream. Shout out to Brett's Ice Cream. <laughs> Brett's, Brett was my landlord. She was awesome. Um, yeah, shout out to Brett's Ice Cream. It's a little... It's there's some crazy flavors, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You got to be like ready for you're not don't go don't go in there expecting like no vanilla. A vanilla and chocolate. You got one flavor for the rest of your life. Go. Oh man. Vanilla it has, easy. No one. It, can it be like one of her flavors cuz they were really good. They <laughs> have Yeah, give yeah. Me. Avocado lime sorbet. <laughs> Honest to god. It's what? so good. It's refreshing. If I'm stuck on a desert island, I need something refreshing. I don't know how it's going to keep be kept cold. That's a whole nother. I didn't ask that. It was just refrigeration. Flavor, yeah. That's cool. Avocado lime. Avocado lime. It's like not a strong taste, but it's if you, you know what I mean. I lo- I kind of like the yeah. those two. Yeah. It's it sounds. It's stuff like that where it's, it's like, like guacamole. Mm-hmm. It's just really like good. Add some Ice onion cream. and like that's. Yeah. I see it, but I don't like it when you say it like that. 
Because <laughs> yeah. like guacamole no, ice cream. Again, it's not, everything. It's, don't good. listen to him. He's, it's not like guacamole. What was the wildest flavor that you ever saw at Brett's? Oh, man. Um, I would say wild in terms of like, this is wild. No one's thought of this, but it was apple pie ice cream. So what it was mm. is, you know, you have apple Ooh, pie. I did have that at Brett's. And it's like you always have apple pie with like a nice vanilla ice cream. Yeah. So what they did was like they actually like merged it perfectly together. So it was like cut up pieces of apple pie in like a kind of like a vanilla maple kind of ice cream Mm -hmm. and it was it was like the perfect you know when you like have apple pie and ice cream and you make the perfect bite like you get some Mm -hmm. ice cream and you get some pie and you like make that it's like that all the time in a waffle cone look it up dude mind blown yeah right so i mean it's not that it's not that crazy of like it's not like ketchup and like fruit loops like i don't know if that's what you're hoping for (laughs) something just like completely off the rails but it's like wild that no one's done it yet. That's that's a pretty good spot to live in. Yeah, I'm I feel like there. on top any anything that's like on top of something is always like pretty cool. So you guys kind of lucked out there, but you moved yeah. Yeah. literally from yeah the east end the like, all the way from all the, east the way end. from the east to like through the city to the west end. So yeah, we we were at like Queen and Kingston Road, so like between Coxwell and Woodbine. And then we moved now to like Lansdowne, Dupont area, uh, so it's it's a big switch up. I definitely feel like we're in the city a little more, like we have a little more like amenities kind of close to us. You know, I mean we can walk to a Walmart. There's lots of other like, kind of like, like grocery store is much closer. New neighborhood, right? It's new, a new neighborhood. Like, it's a different. Yeah, I definitely feel like we're in the, like the beaches. Kind of like is its own area which is yeah. really nice like i would have liked to stay like part of me wanted to stay in the beaches we definitely looked for places in the beaches but um like, i'm happy in the west end so far you also got this guy to hang out with now yeah i live really close to nolan <laughs> hey. which is really awesome like literally a yeah. couple blocks right? nolan's girlfriend was literally like to call nolan nolan's like yeah i'm with jack and she's like is he okay like does he need like is he lonely like why are you with him every day and i was like yeah we live lives? close i was like me and nolan grew up like across the street from like we're used to having each other close Whoa. We, when we're close like it's just like I we just check we just check up on each other every Dude, day. Dude, it's full circle full, now. Oh yeah, it's full circle. It's so crazy. That's actually. Yeah. Nuts. I feel like we haven't even really addressed that yet on this podcast. Like the three of us have been mm-hmm. best friends on and off from like. It wasn't. Seven not, I was just say on and off. No, like, I meant like I, I mean like we didn't start at the same times, but like Spencer and I have been friends since we were seven. You and I were friends after yeah. the whole history of beef when we were young kids <laughs> fighting some, over friends. There's some Ute beef. But, but we were like we became friends when we were like ten, it. and then we've just sort of stayed together throughout our teen years in mm-hmm. high school, and now as adults. pretend adults, <laughs> we are uh, we're still doing this, still yeah. friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right. what's your what's your fresh thoughts? It's yeah, it's still fresh of this new neighborhood. It's been like three weeks of the of this neighborhood. Um, I I mean it's I would say up and coming, but I, I mean that's kind of what I wanted. Like so I didn't want to. We looked living like closer to like the downtown area, but I just felt like, I don't know, it was too too wild and too crazy and just too hectic. Um, for me, like working from home, it's it's not the biggest issue. But I mean, I really wanted to cut down on Jen. Jen like Jen had to have a far commute to work mm-hmm. every day, so we cut that back a little bit, and she's able to take the subway now, so it's a bit faster. Yeah, um, subway is definitely yeah. Key. So or I mean, like, it just every, yeah, yeah, it feels faster, right? Like when you're sitting on the streetcar and you have like, and you know, you have like. For her, I think she said one time it was like forty-one stops on the street. I don't think I've ever even counted. Right, so, the so fact it's that like she it's like sitting when you get on that and you know you have you're like staring down the barrel of forty-one stops or something. Like Thirty-eight, thirty-seven. Yeah, the subway feels a bit faster, but I mean, the the overall vibe we really like. I mean, we have it's a it's a big switch up. We had no neighbors at our other place. Like it was just above the ice cream shop, true, and that was it. Um, now we're in like a condo with like like dogs barking and we can hear people and it's it's just kind of like a different a different feel but i mean it's nice now we have our own place we had uh we were living with our buddy justin shout out to justin um goalie go. um <laughs> but yeah it's like nice to take that step with jenna to get our own place um and it feels like a, like ours yeah you know what i mean so it's like we, we're we're stoked on it yeah, it's a um, massive step to, yeah, to uh, it's huge. like, kind of claim a space. Yeah, and it's, like, we're, like, I'm not saying we're going to, like, be living in this place for, like, 10 years or anything crazy like that, but it's, it's if for now, it feels like our spot and our our, our home. Mm-hmm. So it's, and it's, we've only been there three weeks, so it's good. Yeah, that is. I'm stoked on it. That so is good far, to feel like sure. that. Yeah. Now, were you able to get that sense of home, too, when you were 
living out west too like did you ever even i know jenna mm-hmm. moved out there with you and you were sharing you're essentially a, a house of like 12 different roommates but did you ever yeah. have the sense of home with jenna yeah i mean so i i when i was in i was there for two years and i had three different like places that i lived when me, when jenna was that came in and stayed with me for the summer uh, we had our own place for the four months. And that place actually did feel like home. It really did. We were in, like, a beautiful house, like this amazing, gorgeous house. Uh, we had a big bedroom, and like, like private to us because um, a lot of bedrooms in Banff are shared. You have to, like, like in my second house, I shared a, ban- a bedroom wow. with, another, with a friend. Like, it's, it's really that tight for accommodation. Um, but so that time I would say in, in Banff with Jenna, we, we kind of, that place really felt like home. We were really close with our roommates too. And that place we only shared, we shared a full house with four couples. So I think there was eight of us. Um, but the second place that when Jenna went back to school and I couldn't afford that place because um, like that room on my own mm-hmm. anymore, um, because she was no longer there. So when I moved, I moved into another house, a bungalow with 15 other people, um, which is gnarly. It yeah. was really gnarly. That's a bungalow with a 15. A bungalow with 15 people, if you can just take that in. And, like, there's always, like, two or three people are like, oh, my buddy's visiting from yeah, Australia. So he's sleeping on the couch, and he brought his friends. We, he's sleeping on the floor. I was that friend. Yeah, Nolan also came. <laughs> but, I mean, it's it was, it, it was, yeah, that place still also kind of felt like home. You know what I mean? I feel like, for at least for me, like... I I'm, I'm get pretty comfortable pretty quick. A place can start to feel like home pretty fast as long as I feel like I'm You're like people. a nomad then. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit like a like a wandering wandering gypsy. <laughs> Not really though. I uh, I heard somebody talking about like um, should I move to or should I go visit New York or go visit Toronto mm. as like a city? And I'm wondering if this kind of applies to to Banff too because uh, their response to that question was uh, New York. If you want to go see a city, go to New York. Mm. But if you um, want to kind of see like an eclectic side of a yeah, like city, go diverse. to Toronto because I feel and I totally agree with this that Toronto is actually not a city. It's a bunch of really small neighborhoods that have like their own yeah. things going on. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and it's totally like separate from like. Chinatown is Chinatown. Little Italy is Little Italy. Parkdale is Parkdale. Yeah. And, like, the downtown core is, like, totally different. So you can, like, almost cross borders in the yeah. city. Is and it the kinda... people are completely different everywhere oh, yeah. you live, too. Right? Yeah. And totally I, f- different. I feel like, and I don't know, like, correct me if, if you guys feel differently, but I still feel like New York is so big. Like, it's it's almost, it's it's crazy how big it is. So, like, they probably still argue that their little areas are very different from the other ones but because it's so big you have to just categorize it as one i still feel like toronto's kind of small like i I still feel like i can get around and like walk from multiple neighborhood to neighborhood like you said and like experience all the different like areas where it's like in new york like it's like we're doing manhattan today because it's so big true and we're doing that so maybe those little neighborhoods are like on a massive scale yeah it's like just like so many of them that you Um, can't look at it like on all those tiny individual ones it's so big did you get that feeling um in banff because it's that's like kind of a a smaller is it it's super small yeah like you don't like i mean if you were to you don't need a car to live in Banff at all. You can walk everywhere. So is it just like the other. one vibe? That's yeah, hundred like- percent. It's like everyone in Banff is on that same wavelength. To it, like I mean, there's so many people that I would say stay in Banff for less than two years. Like myself, that's what I did. But it's such a transient town. Like that, you're kind of. It's it's it is a real like melting pot. Like you're getting people from like South America, Europe. Asia, all over people are coming and they're all there to just kind of have fun and experience the mountains. And some people are, most people are there to ski or snowboard. Um, so I feel like that has a vibe, but then there is on like a smaller scale, like the people, the actual true residents of Banff who like live there year round. Cause there's like, I mean, like Banff gets 4 million people a year, tourists. So you have to think about like accommodation and like uh, infrastructure and all that kind of stuff to be able to handle that volume. And like 3 million are coming between in the summer, like after April before October. Wow. So it's, it's like a lot of car traffic. So like the whole, the whole community is on that same wavelength because they're all, everyone is just 
everyone is working in that industry because there's so many people. That's all the, all the jobs are in the tourism industry. Mm-hmm. And that's why like I'm still working in the tourism industry even after I've left. How long were you there for? I was there um, just under two years, like 20 months. 20 months. 20 months, yeah. It feels, it felt like a lifetime, but now that I'm back, it felt so short. It's such a crazy... I I visited you twice. No one visited me twice. Spencer, zero. Zero. Zero times a game. Big flop there. Big flop. Yeah, but... What what was your experience out there, Nolan? Yeah. Oh, totally different both times I went to visit him, too. Mm. First time I visited him was with my pops. And we were... We'll go in there for 12 days, but we knew we weren't just staying in Banff. We were going to Banff, Jasper, do a little bit in the city of Calgary, but mainly knew we were going to be in the national parks. So when we first got there, my one of the most fond memories of Banff was the moment that we pulled in. Jack had just met us, and my dad, he was tired of flying and driving, so he said, all right, boys, like I'm going to take a nap. You guys go do your thing. And Jack took me to... I guess like this little park that was by a ravine or like a like the river that um, that just traveled across the city and Bow the river Bow River to cover the town and like and we we were playing frisbee and mm-hmm. the thing the three of us obviously we've played frisbee a lot that's just like our random <laughs> drunk or sober thing that yeah. we do but the Love. difference was was that I hadn't seen Jack in I don't know six months mm-hmm. I go there. Things are the exact same between me and him. Nothing has changed. He hasn't changed as a person. It's just instead of the backdrop being a bunch of houses in suburbia, mm-hmm. in the, the backdrop, the street. yeah, yeah, the backdrop was the Rockies, and it was this river and the sense of sound of community mm-hmm. and and uh, yeah. like almost a deja vu. Banff, like to like, especially to have your first day in the mountains in Banff, you're really like in a valley, so it's like mm-hmm. you're you really feel like you're like. No photos of Banff do it justice. They, no. they really don't. When you get there and you see like the how like the mountain is right beside you almost, and you're like looking up at it, and it's it's crazy. Like, and you're in the valley. It's like they the they built the town around the mountains. Like someone was walking and like wow. saw that line where Banff Avenue goes straight at Cascade Mountain, and they went, "Yeah, this is we're gonna build it here." Like they built it on the based on how beautiful it was. It's the first national park, right? They in Canada in Canada. Wow. So they like. Like they wanted to protect this place, so they came up with the national park system in Canada to protect it. That's nuts. Yeah, I worked. Um, one of my other jobs I had in Banff was a tour guide, kind of on the river, on the boat river, uh, giving um, canoe tours. So we had like a twenty-foot canoe, and we would bring up to twelve passengers on the canoe, and we'd go up the river and we talk about Banff and the national park and stuff like that. So it was really cool to learn about the history of Banff as well. Because it's, it's, it's an important part of Canada, for sure. Right on. So you had to, like, spit a bunch of knowledge at these people? Yeah, like, a lot of facts. And, I mean, I mean, it was controlled to a degree. Like, you have to take a course, like a national. I got to, like, become, like, a certified. Because if you're making money in a national park, there's just a lot of stuff you have to do, right, mm-hmm. um, in terms of being a guide. And they, they want to control, like, Making, they, they basically like make you do a test to see how knowledgeable you are and that you know the information and stuff like that. So, um, Crazy. but it was it was it was really cool. There's a, like that four months. I honestly think will be the best job I ever had. Like just chilling by the water every day, talking to people, helping them into into canoes. Like in like this like pristine like beautiful like um, glacier fed water. So it's all like turquoise. You know what I mean? Yeah, it sounds like, literally sounds like a dream. Yeah, it was, it, and like, it, but there was also some madness. Like people would flip, and it was a strong. So we were up the river, and the river flowed down past us, like through the town of Banff, and then to a waterfall. So basically, when we put someone in the boat, we had to like push them. I'd be like, you can only go that way because there's a waterfall that way. But if you didn't know to paddle and you just got up there, like all of a sudden you just start floating, and you're if you don't if you float long enough, you'll go over some waterfalls. So there was some some hectic experiences for sure, but. We had zero fatalities. That's what counts. Zero. So you were out there for 20 months. 20 months. While dating your still current girlfriend. Yes. Shout out uh, to Jenna. And how did you how did you make that work? Um, because even before that, she was at school. You were doing your own thing. Yeah. You guys were still separated. But uh, 20 mm-hmm. months is still that's that's a long a, time. That's a feat. Definitely. I mean, it helps that we had been dating for a long time mm-hmm. before I went out there. Sure. You know what I mean? Like over three years. So, um, and I mean, it's, it, it's, it's work. It really is. Like you have to, like, there's a time, there's, there was a time change. That was something. So I think, I think like 
the schedule was something that once we kind of got it nailed down really helped like knowing that okay on this day um, we're going to talk at this time or I can make the call I mean Jenna was was like I couldn't have done that without her you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. her like wanting to do it and like it's a lot of pressure on on her like me just being like I'm gonna move oh yeah for sure and it's just (laughs) yeah totally that's a huge decision and it's kind of like on you yeah not because she's just like oh I'm just I want you to stay exactly all right so hit me with all right if any couple of any age and they come to you Mm -hmm. and they're like guys we want to separate to different provinces but still want to be in a relationship oh true what what would your like like tips or maybe some tricks that you guys had that be like all right here's what you guys need to do figure out a schedule mm. if there's a time difference yeah. and uh, call each other on like mm. intervals and kind of stick to that schedule is there things like that that you guys did to kind of keep it in check and keep the the passion burning for each other yeah I think um, passion passion I, um, one thing is always have something to look forward to. Mm. Yeah, that's big now. Yeah, that's, I mean that's big. With, I think I, that's something I live my life by, like just day to day. You know what I mean? To have somebody to look forward to, even if it's I'm playing basketball with Nolan tonight. You Damn, know what I mean? you know that's what I mean? a life. That's just a life thing. Have somebody to look forward to, because I mean, especially with, um, like you know what I mean? Like when when I first went out there, so I went out November. Jenna had a plan to come out with me, to come out and see me on New Year's. So we had that to look forward to, right? And then after that, and she left. That was, we. We, we kind of decide, okay, now what's the next thing that we're looking forward to? And then it's when Jenna decided, okay, I'm going to come for the summer. Mm-hmm. So then in, like, late January, she decides, okay, I'm going to come out for the summer, which is starting in May. So then we have that to look forward to. So, and you know what I mean? Like, it's 20 months seems like a long time when, when you look at it in the big picture. But when you have little things to look forward to along the way, it helps. Um, like, you have to be willing to do the work. You know what I mean? And, like... Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I was good at it or perfect in any way. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I'm out there. She's, she's like in, like, oh, I'm such a dick. <laughs> like, she's like in her fourth year, like doing like a double major, like doing all, like just all the final stuff for her last year of school, like stressed out of her mind. And I'm just in Banff, like snowboarding every day, partying, having fun, meeting people from all over, going on amazing hikes, climbing mountains like doing whitewater rafting, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, you have to be, like, I have to kind of realize that I need to, like, block out certain times, like, every day to call her. Like, talk every day. I think that's another big one. Like, every day. Even if it's just just five minutes and talk on the phone. I think one thing that we had to kind of, like, just texting doesn't work. You can text all day and still feel like you don't know what, you know what I mean? Because it's, like, stop and start, stop and start. Did you text less, call more? Definitely. Like at the beginning, we probably text a little bit more. But I mean, as I was out there longer, we kind of got better at it. We kind of realized like you you can get so much more information and like kind of like understand what like how the other person's day was in like a five minute conversation than you could in like an hour of texting, especially when you're that far away and haven't seen each other in that long. I hate texting. I'm Me not, too. I'm, I'm just not, bad at it. Yeah, like and like I, I will like literally text an entire message out and then just not hit enter yeah. and just close my phone. I'm like, starting call. to look at it more as like this is a tool as in like how I'm leaving now mm. or I'm five minutes exactly. out just for like quick, quick facts. I am. It's an I am. Remember I am's? MSN? Dude. G2G. That's what it's for. Like True. BRB. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not the... Not like, hi, uh, Mr. Davidson, like, I'd like to apply for this. Like, people, like, text for, like, crazy stuff. Like, people break up over text, like, try to apply for jobs text. We used to, we got um, a text to, the, you know, you ever get a text to a main line, mm-hmm. and it comes in and they, like, read it to you? At my old job in Banff, someone texted us their resume. I'm not even joking. They thought it was, like, a cell phone, and they could text, like, the, all, the, the, all the whole... So it was just like their name. Their Why address. would you ever do that? Yeah. How crazy is that? That's just a little fun story. All right. Let's 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 hop back to <laughs> um, when you were in, in Banff. Mm-hmm. Did you guys book tickets for the 150 trip in Banff? Um, I did. So Jenna was no longer there. No. So uh, we bought the tick. We got the tickets in maybe April. April. Yeah. Okay. So for anybody who doesn't know. There's, yeah, there's obviously a taxi just, and a streetcar yeah. getting into a fight out there. <laughs> yeah. um, so for anybody who doesn't know, 150 um, 
year, the Canada's 150th year, was they last had year. a yeah. wholesale for um, Via. Yeah, so basically what it was, was um, so Via Rail, which is like the rail that goes across Canada, they, um, since it was Canada's 150 birthday, they released like the 150 ticket. So it was $150 um, for a month of unlimited travel on the Via Rail. Uh, so they just released that, and people start freaking. And there was only 100. No, that's the thing. They didn't tell that ever, anyone that at first. So they just say we're going to be releasing like a month long 150 for a, it's youth. So what they consider youth under 25, and I was 24. So like I was like hell yeah, hell yeah, son. But um, so basically what we did was we looked at it. We thought it was interesting. Um, they said that it op- we like read like some I think I can't remember if it was Jen who forwarded it to me just like the article and it said like it's gonna open tomorrow, and then right as we went to go and log in to go buy ours, they released that they were only gonna be releasing eighteen sixty seven so one thousand eight hundred sixty seven which is the year Canada became a country. Mm-hmm. That's how many got passes it. they were gonna release. Got it, got it, got so basically there was like five You're million people. Yeah, so five million sure. people were basically trying to buy. I think they had that's so many people like how many things I read their servers were hit with. Yeah. So the site crashed. <laughs> they, Obviously. Like via rail, like shut to via rail, but like the internet, their website couldn't handle it. How could you be prepared So for they couldn't that? handle it. So basically they, I would go on, I would type my name in and try to get like the process started. I'd hit next and it would just say cannot be connected. Hitting refresh, hitting refresh, hitting refresh. So me and Jenna did this for like, Jenna's trying this. So first of all, by the way, you can't, this cop is like <laughs> out to get someone right now. Um, you can't buy two, so it's not like I could buy two for me and Jenna. So we, you can only buy one. I can only buy. So I had oh. to get it, and Jenna had to get it. Oh man! So we we're trying, we're trying. From, okay, pause. Did you yeah. guys commit to if one of you got a ticket, you were just well, bail on so, the other? So that's so one thing that we talked about. There is a month long pass that you can buy. Oh, okay. Right. So there was it's just a lot of money. I think it's I think route. it's like close to twenty five hundred, maybe oh. twenty twenty five hundred bucks. I think maybe for the month. Wow. So it's pretty expensive. Um, so but you're I mean, really banking on both of you. So what we, well, I mean, what we were like, if one of us gets it for free, like we'll split the cost. You know what I mean? And we get it for half price. But I mean, it was not confirmed. Like it would be like, mm-hmm. I was like, if, if you get it and I don't, like, I don't know if I'll be able to afford this. Like I still want you to take advantage of this trip. It's a gamble. Right. So I'm in Banff, Genesis, Ontario. So it's, it's like 1130 for me. So like maybe it's so it's one thirty for Jenna, and then she texts me and goes, "The site's working, it's working all of a sudden." I guess everyone's just logged off for the night, but it's it's like I I'm on phase two and it's like phase two of nine, so I'm like, Whoa. so I try to start going too, and I'm like, it's working for me too. We're going, we're going, we're going. I I get to, I I honestly get to seven seven of nine, and then it, it resets. And it goes, I get like the error message again, and Jenna's like, I'm on the, and then I get text from Jenna saying, I'm on the last step. So I go in there and I'm typing, I'm typing, I'm like sweating, I'm like trying to get it. And then I, I get to the last step, I hit submit. And when, the moment I hit submit, I get the error message. Oh my gosh. So I don't know. So I'm like, I'm like, I got to the last step, I hit submit. She goes, me too. And then it crashed. I was like, okay. Two minutes later, she gets, she calls me. She goes, I just got mine in the email. I got it. I got one. And I was wow. just like, holy shit. And then so you both got the, no, the... So So she gets an email saying, I got mine. And I'm on the phone with her, like, oh fuck, that's sick. Like, I don't know about mine. And I'm and my lap, my iPad is sitting like on the table beside me, and like oh, on like we're both talking, and I just hear blink, and I look over, and I have an email from Via Rail, and I swipe it open. And I'm just like, let's do this. Wow. Cross country trip. <laughs> so you both yeah. got the error message on submit. So, yeah, we both got error message on submit. I don't know how. I don't know how. So what ended up happening was they re- they released in like an article after that. They actually ended up having to sell. Um, almost 5,000 of them because oh. so many people were there at the same moment that they couldn't okay oh, they couldn't it? be like you or you like you were both here together so they could they had to like honor a certain amount of them so they ended up selling like I think it was like 4,500 4, or something like That's that still like not it's, a many I, I was I was super shocked I did not think we were gonna get it um, but so basically yeah what it is it's not like one tick like a lot of people um, thought it was like like I won a cross-country trip but it was not the case. So what it is, you basically buy like a code that you then go on their website. And when you enter that code, any ticket that you want to buy in July comes up to $0. Hmm. 
So I was just buying so cool. tickets, bro, yeah. just like a madman. So we went, we started, so basically what the plan was is Jenna was finishing school. She would fly um, the last week of June to Vancouver, and I took the Greyhound from Banff to Vancouver. We met there. Um, we spent about a week staying with friends that we actually lived with in that other apartment in Banff when we had our own place. They had moved to Van, so we were hitting it. We Honestly, if, if, if I even had met you once and we were coming to your town on this trip, like I was hitting you up. <laughs> like, yo, what's good? I haven't talked to you forever. You remember that time you got me that coffee that one time? Do you have a couch? What's like, no, the the move, by the way, if you're ever like a traveler and you want to like hit someone up and like ask to like stay with them but not actually ask, you just go like, what's a good, what's a, where's a good like cheap accommodation? Just like ask them like, where's like a good like cheaper spot to stay? I'm not spending, trying to spend too much because that'll get you in the door. Little tip. Pro tip. Pro tip, yeah. Um, so yeah, we did that. So we started in Vancouver. So we, we experienced Vancouver. So basically since the trip was only valid for July, we went to Vancouver that week early so we could spend that week. And then the moment it hit July, we got on the train. So July 2nd was the first trip out of Vancouver. We went to Jasper, uh, Jasper for a few days, then Winnipeg, Winnipeg for a few days. Um, then we went from Winnipeg to Toronto, which was the longest stage of the trip on the train. By the way, this seat that we bought is not, um, a lot of people thought we were in the, like the nice area of the train where there's like beds and like a little table. Like we're in like chairs, we're in like economy. It's like, like an economy seat. Like go train type stuff. A little bit better than a go train, but like not much. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like it they said the chair reclines like I'd read that the chair reclines like a plane but it just seat. like rolls so like it starts like this and then it just goes like this like it doesn't actually like stretch you out any farther it's just like so you're just kind of like in a ball like it's not more comfortable at all so for the listeners we're talking 45 degree angle or are we talking like we're talking like yeah like as if like the fetal position like on the on your back like just like in a chair Man, so like basically what rough. happened like there was a few probably like three of the trips we had to actually go overnight on that train but it would be like can't fall asleep till like four in the morning and then sleep from like five to like eight but i mean we were literally traveling the country for a hundred and fifty dollars and like seeing the country that's my favorite part about the whole thing when you fly places like you just skip like mm -hmm. when you fly from here to calgary you just see toronto and then you see calgary but when you're in the train, like we're stopping in like these tiny little towns, like going through people's backyards. It was really cool to see the prairies that way too. Um, Cause I'd like, yeah, going out west, you never see, you just fly right over them. So, um, so yeah, we did Vancouver, Jasper, Winnipeg, Toronto. We were in Toronto for a couple of days. Then we went Ottawa, Montreal, Quebec City, Moncton, Halifax, Prince Edward Island. And then, and so we got to Halifax at the end of that month. So we stretched it. We timed it out perfectly. So we left Vancouver on the second of July, and we got to Halifax on the thirtieth of July, like the day the, the pass expired. Wow! So I like stretched it out perfectly. So basically, we booked like tickets. How did you get home? So we, so we, were in Halifax. We, bar. We were staying with other friends that we met in Banff. Like you know what I mean? Like I was just hitting up everyone. They showed to Xanda and Emma for putting us up for like 10 days in Halifax. They bought a mattress for us. Wow. Like they were sick. They showed us all the amazing spots. Halifax is amazing. I, I've never been as an adult. I'd only been as a kid. It's an amazing, amazing town. Um, but so we were there for a little bit. They let us borrow their car and we drove to Prince Edward Island. So we were, and then my, my uncle's got like a cottage in Prince Edward Island and he just happened to be there at the time when I was in, when I was in Halifax. Like it, everything was lining up. Dude, shout out to those people for getting you a mattress and... And let me borrow their car, car for, like, three days. Just go. And, like, I just put gas in it. Like, they were awesome. They were the best. Uh, they're, in, they're in Australia now, actually. Australia? Yeah, Australia. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, but, so, after we went to Prince Edward Island and we drove back to Halifax, we actually bought a plane ticket. So, we, bought, we flew from Halifax to Boston... And we met up with Jenna's sister and Jenna's sister's boyfriend who lives in Boston. He's from Boston. So we flew there and we stayed with his family for a couple days. Um, went to a Red Sox game, walked around Boston, checked it out. Pretty cool. And Katie, Jenna's sister, had driven from Toronto to Boston. So we got to drive back to Toronto nice. from with her when she was leaving. So all in all, we I left Banff on June 24th and I got home after it all on I think it was August 16th. Wow. Dang. And then right from there into Toronto. 
And then, yeah, and then we'll back to Pickering for about a month, and then I moved to the beaches in October. All right, top... Hectic. Top province. What are we... What are we thinking here? Or top... Or most memorable place, maybe. Most memorable place... I would have to say either, like, Vancouver or Halifax, but I think... Total opposites. Total opposites, but the the reason why that they're my they were my favorite is because that's where we stayed with friends who like f- we stayed with friends and we were there over a week, so we were able to experience more. Mm-hmm. All the other cities, like when we were in Winnipeg, I was in Winnipeg for like three days, and I didn't know anyone. I didn't know where to go. I, every place I was like this kind of this is like you know what I mean. You don't. Mm-hmm. The best places to visit are actually somewhere where you know someone who can like show you the spots. True. Like the cool spots. So, I mean, if I had had, um, like, a friend in every single pl- spot that we went to, like, I don't I, it would. I don't know what – I could have found this amazing spot, like, you know, in Moncton. You know what I mean? We couldn't have had that trip without the, the people around us. Like, we stayed with lots of – like, I stayed with my sister in Ottawa. Was hit, Like I said, I was hitting up everyone. You were getting hit the <laughs> fuck up <laughs> if I knew you and you were staying somewhere. And I met you one time at a party. You were getting hit up. I mean, it's kind of a benefit that you went to Banff and met all these people. Because mm-hmm. if you did that straight from Ontario, you guys would just be... 100%. Honestly, like, more than... Yeah, almost every single person that we stayed with, I had met, we, had, we had met from Banff. Because you're just, cool. like, you all, you're all in that mindset, like, just young and, like, wanting to travel and explore. So it's, like, you're so willing to, like, offer up your couch or offer up your... And, like, it was funny. Like, when we came back to... When we came back to Toronto, like, in August... We had maybe like two or three friends, roll, like uh, like pe- friends from Banff, who were just rolling through, and I was like, "Yeah, man, you can stay at my house." Like you know what I mean? Like I was like you're passing that along. Yeah. For when people were coming to visit Toronto, like my buddy Zach came and visited us, and like he stayed with me for like four days, and like I did what everyone had done, what I had done for me. Mm-hmm. So I guess one of your, if you had to give some top tra- tra- like travel tips, it would literally be exhaust all resources. Exhaust all resources. Oh my God. People you and know. pack light. Like, like pack like what you think you need, and then like cut it in half. Jeez. Somehow, yeah, it's a good tip for us because we're yeah. about to embark on this mm-hmm. fucking East Coast I mean, you, trip like, that we're heading. Obviously, we have a different because we have a car. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, yeah. we had to carry. So, like me and Jenna, like we on had. Back. So we had like like a backcountry packs. So we both bought like 60, 65 liter backcountry packs, mm-hmm. and then like a day pack, that's and like lived out of that. For like seven weeks. You both went on this crazy excursion all yeah. the way through Canada. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of it all, landed in Toronto and actually got a job um, somewhat in the same um, genre as you were working yeah, for. Yeah, like the same, like, uh, the same industry for sure. And this is something that um, we can all touch on. But you transitioned from having a regular job to working from home and yeah. as a freelancer and someone who spends a lot more than eight hours behind a computer yeah i know working from home is tough and to everybody out there either thinking that working from home is a walk in the park yeah or that sometimes a lot like even before i really wanted to, mm-hmm. to work from home and then i started and i was like this is not what i had it's not all me. it's cracked up to be for sure it's a lot harder than people realize what uh, what were maybe some of your thoughts or some of the things that changed um, drastically when you first started? Because when I first started, I didn't really, I didn't have a schedule. Yeah. I didn't think, yeah, you know what, I'll just mm-hmm. wake up whenever I wake up and start start whenever I want to start. I'll be in my mm-hmm. PJs or yeah. whatever. You think it's kind of going to be like super chill, mm-hmm. but... Um, I guess I should probably first start by saying like what it is I actually am doing. So it's um, the company I'm working for right now is called Ski Can. Um, so what they technically are is a ski tour operator. Uh, but basically, what that means is we create we create people's like dream ski vacations. So now I'm sending people on these ski vacations that I kind of got to live while I was in Banff. Uh, so we customly pa- we custom package um, trips for like a family or like an individual, but then we also have a groups. Uh, program that's in like groups of 10 or more and then on top of that we also have ski escapes where we have like full um, group trips that are led by like a ski can member Um, so basically 
two years ago, the company has moved to everyone, all the age, all the sales agents work from home and work independently. Um, but for me, the biggest transition was kind of taking a little more like onus on like what I'm doing, like not, you know, when you work at a store, you kind of like wait for your manager to like tell you what to do or like mm-hmm. you definitely, you know what I mean? Like you kind of like wait that, like you're not always looking for like you have to kind of like work for it's like working for yourself like I'm not a freelancer in any way like I'm still working for a company I'm still like have hours that I have to be at the desk answering the phones and working you know what I mean but at the end of the day like I can schedule my day how I want and it's like like not just understanding that you have that freedom but like using it in the best way possible mm-hmm. because it's super easy to like lose time and like waste time when you're working by yourself those are yeah very true words for me like a big thing that i do is i like write i'm a big like i have to write stuff down so like if i take the time to spend 10 minutes to write down all the things i need to do today that's just gonna be it's just like motivation just that list sitting there and looking at Mm -hmm. it and reading it and like be like i love crossing stuff off a list do you guys love that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, my workflow yeah. is I use sticky notes that I, I write. Like, yeah, and then you put it do. you put it right through the thing. Yeah, I have like a like one of those like restaurant spikes. So I put it on my desktop computer. Because how so satisfying! I, so satisfying! It's just nailing that thing because it's done right. It's like, it's like you can't. You need to like make it physical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even though this is just a piece of paper, like that that becomes the task. Yeah. being able to like nail that thing down or like for me it's crossing like I'm just a big list guy I always just like the things I have to res- I have to follow up with these folks I have to call these people mm-hmm. uh, I have to book these lift tickets book these transfers like once the like the list is always there and just by writing it down doesn't change the fact that I had to do them but it's gonna something that I do is as soon as before I do anything on the computer I'll or right when I pop open my emails mm. I'll get out, I just have an agenda all the days, and then I'll list out every single uh, task that I need to mm-hmm. do uh, throughout the day, even if it's just emailing um, individuals and mm-hmm. doing that sort of stuff. So I don't want to forget anything. Because then when you know, like, when the list is done, the list is done. Yeah. I've done yeah. it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's and for all those thing. freelancers out there, anyone that's working from home, just know that that email part, that's a huge part of your day. That is probably your first like hour to two mm-hmm. just to start off with. Like people don't realize like email, the idea of an email seems almost archaic because we have phones or we can like text each other. But in the business world, everything is email based and you have to dedicate a lot of your time to it because that is your main form of communication. And like even just getting your brain used to the idea like, okay, I got to spend this hour Mm -hmm. responding to my emails. That's a huge workflow thing that I find is beneficial. Like dedicating your time, Mm -hmm. delegating to specific things that you have to do throughout the day is important, but not holding yourself too accountable by like the hour or by the minute. It's just knowing Mm -hmm. that you need to dedicate certain parts of your workflow to this section. Yeah. Just a a couple things right off the top is like that I've written down is literally have a routine, which we have Mm -hmm. already touched on. Getting dressed is a massive Massive pants, son. Um, Like jeans. So besides having an actual workspace Mm -hmm. that you enjoy to be at. Yeah. How do you guys deal with distractions? Because for me. Not well. Having my phone, um, sometimes I'll flip it over. Yeah, yeah, I definitely do that too. Um, mm-hmm. But, but YouTube, but yeah. YouTube, YouTube is not actually used to be a big thing for me when I was younger. But now it's, I can actually I did it. You know, people are like, oh, this is my Netflix time. Yeah. I actually spend more time on YouTube, but like at the end of the night or like right before I go to, I'm just gonna start work. I like watch mm-hmm. it there because I don't like getting stuck. Because if I'm on YouTube, I'm stuck. I'm there minimum 45 minutes so you, the suggestion bars. you realize that mm-hmm. i'm gonna be here and you're, you're not gonna joke yourself like i'm gonna watch this one video you're like no, nah, i'm gonna no. be here for an hour yeah. Yeah. so <laughs> yeah that's yeah. good no be real with yourself do you do you think you consciously try and get out of the house a lot more yeah definitely i mean it gets me out of the house at, i mean i have to get out of the house app once i'm done work even if it's just for like a 10 minute walk or whatever you know what i mean like it but it's 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 hard when your your partner doesn't work from home because 
the she gets home from work, the last thing she wants to do is go yeah. do anything. She wants to just sleep and go to bed and get up and go to work. In the I morning. deal with that same thing. And, and then it's, and then it's like I'm like I'm like a dog. She gets home, I'm like, let's go outside, let's do something. Can we go for a walk, please? Like, give me pet my head, like give me attention. And she's just like, can you please? I've had a long day. So it's it's like definitely um, like a lifestyle that you you and the people you live with have to kind of like deal with, but. Yeah. I still would take it over going to work every day. Like I hate, I hated like I commuting. It sucks. One like kind of big thing. Um, I feel like you guys both started shooting film at the same time, but mm. there's the the age old debate of film versus digital, and you both have had your fair share of um, experiencing the bad side and the good side mm. from shooting film and shooting yeah. digital. Cool. Yeah. It still happens too. Definitely. Like, I don't care how good you are at film and learning, you will always run into complications mm-hmm. somewhere down the road. Um, but obvi- obviously like everyday practice, I'm team digital because it's practical and it's what, depending on what I'm shooting, like I need something that I can see right away and because that's the workflow of yeah. it. That's how we are as freelancers. We need to see it, yeah. But mm-hmm. capturing authenticity of what you are actually seeing in front of you is mm-hmm. what film does. And it really emulates exactly what you're seeing at the time. And yes, like there are times where a camera can't, no matter the quality of the camera, can do what you're seeing in front of you justice. Mm-hmm. But... Film is the closest thing to it because it's not something that's digitally processing a scene in front of you. All it is is just capturing that light, that thing, the most primal form of photography or art and distill. It's like it's, actually printing what you see it's on just grabbing film. It. That's it. That's what's so amazing. And you can't and you can't take that away from no. film and the excitement of like taking a photo and not knowing if it turned out properly and then when it comes back to the mm-hmm from the shop and that's the photos turned out perfectly you're like yeah. fuck but even if there is a small imperfection of the photo that's part of the film and that's the cool thing of it too it's like there's that imperfection is what makes it so mm-hmm. dope yeah and I feel like for me it's like play on the like I remember as a kid you'd go and you'd you had like a f- even if it wasn't like 35 millimeter film but you would like take photos on a camera and then you'd bring the camera to the or the film to the place and they'd develop it and then you'd get then you get to see it and it was exciting you get to go look at the photos and you'd open the thing up and for me it's kind of like touching back on that where it's like not every every time now it's like people they take the photo and the first thing they're doing is looking at it they're able to see it right away no that's not the one go take another which is great like you say for work and i mean for a lot of people's photography needs that's what it is but for me, I'm kind of like the person where I'm, I'd rather, if I'm there for two hours, I'd rather enjoy it for an hour 55 and just take a couple photos and then not, and then forget about it and then be able to like, whenever later when I'm developing that film, like re-experience that like memory mm-hmm. and it feels like more real, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I let, and it's just like, you could just the ability of how easily you can mess it up. Yeah. yeah. How heartbreaking, <laughs> how heartbreaking. I've shot like a whole, yeah, whole so. role thinking like every shot I'm like, click amazing. Click. I'm the best photographer. Click. <laughs> I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win awards. Click. I'm gonna be in this this thing, and then afterwards you like open it up and you realize you've just taken like 30 photos on top of each other, and the role never like advanced. never never advanced or whatever. Yeah, and it's yeah. just like you've and you've wound it. You've already wound it up. Yeah. And it's just done. Okay. Or you open the back if you're Nolan and you just open it <laughs> yeah, right. First from a film like 24 <laughs> frames already deep. Pop it open. Just pop that open. And see what's going on. But there is something that's kind of cathartic coming from a destroyed role especially when you had so much hope for it too because it's like a reminder yeah it's a reminder and a weird life lesson that like you need the things that really matter if you're really trying to capture like a memory or Mm -hmm. like trying to tell a story it's not just gonna happen it's not just gonna happen you have to work for it you have to put effort into it and time into it and be put you have to handle things with care yeah and that's anything you do from like freelancing, even from like working at home, everything mm-hmm. that you do in that time frame, it has to come from a sense of care. What's a piece of advice that has stuck with you? Um, either that you recently heard and that's just kind of been bouncing around in your brain or something that you've kind of lived by um, since you were young. Make the tree and fuck off. Make the <laughs> 
Sorry, I've been watching Trailer Park Boys. Um, uh, don't put that in the podcast. Boys. Like, I mean, to go back, like, just, like, having something to look forward to, I think that's something that is always, for me at least, if I have something that, and it's, like I said, it's like, it can be so insignificant, but if you're looking forward to it, it just, it can motivate so many different things. You know what I mean? You can you can apply that motivation to so many, like, if, oh, I got to finish this because I have this coming up. Or it's like, I got to do all this work this week for that, that cottage weekend I have coming up. Or mm-hmm. whether it's a trip or whether it's just like a game of basketball or you're you're going somewhere for dinner or whatever. Like if you have something to look forward to, it just makes um, everything else have like like a purpose. Solid. Yeah. I think that's something that when I heard that for the first time, it's like I really I, – I'm like think of something when I have that to look forward to. When when I reach that goal, I'm, more, I'm, more, I'm like what's the next thing? Yeah. And I'm, like you can't – you don't want to like not have something. I'm definitely going to try to start implementing that. I yeah. Really like right. that. Yeah. Mine is – learning how to say no more Mm. because being able to say no more it dials into the honesty you have with yourself really listening to what you want to do and if you actually are able to one and actually want to do this request it is Mm -hmm. i know way too many people in my life that are yes mans and that's great i'm a yes man too when i know it's i'm capable of doing so but there are some people that drive themselves to the fucking grave by just saying yes to everything. And when they're doing something that they say yes to, but they're really, their heart and their soul and everything about them that says no, what they're doing now, the quality of it is compromised indefinitely. Mm. And you're just taking on too much and you're not listening to yourself. So being able to say no to the things that you don't want to do is extremely important for like the first step of being honest with what you feel and what you want. And that like kind of goes against like the contrary belief where it's like when you're starting your own like freelance business, you should be saying yes to everything. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you have to like realize that like when you're like, you're the product, like you two are, you're the product that you're selling. You know what I mean? Like by wasting your time, you're like damaging your own product. Actually one, one thing that I heard recently was, um, enjoy the process Mm. more Mm -hmm. and i think that's something i definitely overlook i start a project or i start focus on something and i focus on the end goal and i'm not trying to look forward Mm. to the end goal i'm just trying to get through the process finish it and it's over with so yeah that's a good one that's Um, a really good one what is being slept on right now food Mm. um a spot or cooking for yourself. Cooking, <laughs> yeah. I am cooking recently, for yourself is I, being slept on. Really? Everyone's talking about this restaurant, that restaurant, and every restaurant's amazing right now. I feel like I can't. When's the last time you guys went out for somewhere and it was bad? Every place is good, but mm-hmm. what's better is cooking for yourself or like someone you love. Yeah, do absolutely. it more. I just recently went from working a full time job to a full time freelance, and a lot of. Obviously, that's a, a cut in pay when it's the fir- when you first make that transition. But not to say that I'm in a financial state of compromise. It's just like I'm home all this time now. Why would I need to go mm-hmm. and do that? Let me just Definitely. cook one for myself. And A, it saves money. But B, it's like you said, when you get to cook for someone and for yourself, there's something that is it's irreplaceable about it. Yeah, it's just like a taste. I don't know what if it's. Like there's, there's more to cooking, there's more to food than just the taste. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the atmosphere and the vibe and the fact that you cooked it yourself. Yeah. The knowledge it's like, you retain too. We, we used to talk about this all the time, but like how good is a burger in the woods cooked over a fire? Like so you could good. make that burger at home, but it's just not the same because it's where you are, who you're with, the fresh air, the wood, you know what I mean? It just like creates, and I feel like while going to, like I, like I eat it out too much. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a fact, for sure. But, like, going back to working from home has made me realize, like, how important, like, cooking for yourself is. And Jenna's probably going to see this and be like, Jack doesn't not cook. I cook way more than you. So shout out to Jenna again. Well, I mean, well, still eating yeah. at home. Or cooking for yourself or having someone cook for you. Yeah. <laughs> In your house. In your house. Okay. Actual last thing. Okay. One thing you're thankful for, and then we'll wrap this up. Oh, You guys. Um, oh, man. No, but actually, I'm actually pretty thankful you guys. I've known you guys for majority of my life. Ten plus years. Yeah. I would say, yeah. For all of us. In the same way, like, thankful for you guys, but thankful for our drive. Mm. And our, um, 
like I don't want I don't want to say like passion, but like our like persistence with like moving forward with like whatever we want to do. We like I'm thankful that we I have like a group of friends who I'm with who are like motivated and passionate and have something that they're like working towards and working on because those are the best people to be with. Boom. All right. Hit him with the uh, social plugs. Social plugs. Where okay. can people find you? You can find me at Jack the Ginge, Twitter, Instagram. Hit it up. All the same? All the same. Jack and the Ginge. One what word. If, what if they want to book a amazing... So if you want to book a ski vacation, you can go to skican.com, S-K-I-C-A-N.com, or you can email me at jmckay at, at skican.com, jmckay at skican.com. Boom. Shoot me a line. Let's. I'm gonna make your ski vacation dreams come true. Just watch me. And you, Nolan. You already know what it is. What it's, is your it? <laughs> it's your boy. <laughs> it's your boy. No. Um, find me on Instagram. N L N Begley. Took out the vowels because that's all that was actually available. Fuck a vowel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. N L N Begley. Uh, if you want to see our work, further journey media on Vimeo, or you can just go vimeo.com/fjmedia. And uh, you'll see me at your local brewery in Toronto, biking around and taking photos of things. Come say hi. This has been great. It's been fun. Right Thanks, man. Let's do this again. Thanks for letting me host with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This was this is amazing. Shout out to the boxing lot one more time. Lock. Thank you. If you guys are are watching, mm-hmm. um, this is the space that we're in. If you're yeah. listening and you're like, "Whoa, it sounds a little different." Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we're, we're in here. a different uh, different space. In the sounds that you're hearing are the sounds of Parkdale in Toronto. Just want to shout out to my boy Nolan again. If you are looking to get into boxing, personally, it's something that I've recently started, or not recently, but in the last few months have started doing. Um, I'm not a big gym guy, so I think this is something that's more fun. And yes, I think more people should try it. So if you're itching, hit up my boy Nolan. Thanks, dude. Um, He's a good teacher. Definitely. Yeah, do it. I support that. Support that. Boxing Loft. Thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'm still finding my way with these podcasts and I feel like each one is progressively getting better and better. If you are enjoying the podcast so far, I would appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes. Um, Until next time, all the best guys. Thanks for listening. Peace out.